Welcome, everybody. Davidson, welcome, welcome. Those of you that are joining in watch parties and online and somebody that stumbled across us on a Facebook feed, it is so good to be with you. Go ahead and take your copy of God's Word out. I know I read the text already, but, but go ahead and take that out and turn to Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah chapter 2 as we continue our series, Rise in Power. Rise in Power. R.I.P., right? R.I.P. Everybody else, the world is declaring our R.I.P. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. The best days of, are behind us. best days of the church are behind us. And we're saying, no, that's not how... We respectfully, we respectfully disagree with that opinion. We see the church rising in power. We see our cities rising in power. We see God at work and doing a new thing. If you believe that, come on, say a good amen. And so I want to talk, I want to preach, I want to preach about living without walls. I just feel like that's what God is doing, is that he is building up a people of God that will live without walls. Well, what does that, what does that look like in our lives? A, a couple of things. I think it, li- it means that we have a heart without walls. A heart without walls. Well, what's a heart without walls, Pastor? A heart without walls looks to love and serve other people. Imagine that dream with me about a, a, a church in a city that, that people think of others first. People put others first. They think of others first. They love other people. They serve other people. A heart without walls. And again, I know, I know the natural reaction, right? The natural reaction is I got to protect what's mine. I got to protect my my opinion, I gotta protect my thoughts, I gotta protect, I gotta, I gotta protect, and there's a time for that, and there's, I'm not saying that is wrong in and of itself, but, but a church without walls and a people without walls live beyond those walls. I ran across a, a, a fable the other day, and it was called The Happy Prince. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. I never heard this story, but the fable goes something like this. Years ago, there was, a, there was a prince, and he grew up within the confines of the walls of his kingdom. And they called him the happy prince because he didn't know anything else. He never, he never saw any hurt. He never saw anybody without food. He never saw any brokenness. He never saw any injustice within the walls of the confines of his entire life. Everybody always had enough. And, and so they called him the happy prince. Well, he passed away, but he didn't really pass away because it's a fable. And they just made a statue out of him. And the, the statue was plated in gold and gold leaf. He had emeralds for eyes. He had a ruby on his sword. But his, but his heart, well, his heart was made of lead. And they lifted this statue up, and so for the first time in his life, he was able to see beyond the walls of the city. And so when those emerald eyes saw the poverty in the city and saw the sickness in the city and saw the injustice in the city, his leaden heart began to break and he began to cry and there was a swallow at his feet and the teardrops began to hit the swallow and the swallow kind of looked up and the prince said, swallow, you've got to help me. And the swallow is like, well, I can't, prince. I'm, I'm, on my way to, I'm on my way to another land to be with my friends. And the prince says, please, just, just one night, stay with me. He said, he said out out there beyond, beyond the walls. He said, beyond, beyond the walls, there's a little boy and he's sick. And his mother, it's a single mom, and his mother doesn't have any money to buy 
him food and he just wants an orange. He just, he just wants an orange and all she has is water. He says, Swallow, will you pluck one of the emeralds from my eyes? Will you take it to the mother so that she can sell that emerald and have enough money to get some food for her boy? And the Swallow, Prince, I, I can't do that. I can't pluck out your eye. And besides, I, I, I've got to get going. The prince said, please, if you just stay with me one night. And he finally talked the Swallow into it. The Swallow plucks out one of the prince's eyes, delivers it to the mother. She sells the emerald, was able to buy her son food, and the fever begins to break, and he begins to recover. The swallow flies back. He says, all right, prince, I've got to go. The prince says, look, look, would you just stay with me a little bit longer? She, he says, there's a, there's, a, there's a match girl out there, and he, she's selling matches along the, the, the city streets, and, and she's lost her matches. They fell down a, a storm drain, and if she goes home without matches or mon- money, her, her parents are going to beat her. Would you just, would you take a ruby out of my sword, and would you fly to this match girl so that she can bring the ruby home, and her family will have enough, and talk the swallow into it, so the swallow plucks the ruby out of his sword and flies to the match girl, and, and, and she goes home, and they're able to sell it and have enough food. The swallow comes back and it's like, Prince, I, re- I really got to get going. All my, all my friends, they're in this, this faraway land and it's, it's beautiful there. The prince says, look, there's just one more group of people. I'm looking, I'm looking beyond the walls. I'm looking beyond the walls. And there's children and they're living in great poverty. He said, look, I'm, I'm plated in gold leaf. It's not doing me any good. Would you just, would you take this gold leaf and would you fly to the children of the city who are living on street corners and would you, would you bring this to them? And so he talks the swallow into it. And so the swallow does this and, and pretty soon, pretty soon the, the prince that once had emeralds for eyes and once had a ruby in his sword and once was covered in gold, he's, he's just there and he's, He's dingy and he's old and he's broken down. And one of the townspeople was walking by and looks up at the statue and says, what happened to that statue? We really need to get rid of this, this statue. And, and as, they're, as they're planning on what they're going to do with this statue, the swallow is so exhausted that the swallow flies to the feet of the prince and dies. They tear down the statue and they throw the rest of the metal in the fire and they begin to melt the metal down to do something else with it. And the only thing that won't melt for some reason is that leaden heart. And so they take this dead bird and this leaden heart and they throw it in the trash. Scene switches to God around his throne in heaven and the Lord looks at his angels and he says this, go go bring me the two most valuable things in the city. The angel goes and they return with the leaden heart and with the dead bird. And the Lord says, you have chosen wisely. This heart will praise me for all of eternity. And this swallow shall sing for me forevermore. See, that's what happens, church, when we see beyond our walls 
when we love beyond our walls, when we give beyond our walls, when we see differences, when we see need, when we see hurt. And I know what the enemy is trying to do is get us to just see our own circle and see what we know, but I feel like the Spirit of God is giving us spiritual eyes to see into a city and to see brokenness and to see hurt and to see need. And I'm so thankful that this has always been a church that sees beyond the walls. Come on, give God praise today because he's enabling us to see and to live beyond our walls. Not only a heart without walls, but a life. A life, a life without walls, a life without walls believes that God can do the impossible through my yes. I remember it so clearly. We had been here at CFA as lead pastors for about two years and God was beginning to birth something in my spirit that was bigger. It was expansion. It was multiplied. And I began to write down on that pad, I drew a circle, CFA Church, and out of it came spokes with little circles. And it was outstations, it was satellites, it was packed churches, it's any number of titles. All I knew was CFA was called to more. We began with Sweet Five and Pastor Doug moving over there to begin uh, with 80 people or so. And, and over the next several years, grew that to well over 200. And in the midst of that, we started adding CFA Logan, CFA Espanol, CFA Bible Way, Mentil, Center City, and of course, Rowan County. But let's go back for a moment, back to the spring of 2006 when I had the yellow pad and I made the circle. The very first outreach, I wrote Harrisburg. As I began to look and pray and drive around, I, I knew that there was an opportunity for us to do something in that area. I called Pastor Doug and I said, hey, come take a trip with me. And we drove out there. And over the next little bit of times, we began to look at buildings. For whatever reason, the door was shut. And all I can say to you today is good things in our heart don't always equate to God's time. But there is always a God time. I remember that time in 2007 with Pastor Rick. We knocked on all kinds of doors. We looked for property, made phone calls. I remember having Anna print out a list of CFA attendees with a Harrisburg address. And there's a lot of y'all. Like Pastor Rick said, for whatever reason at that time, the door was closed and really didn't think too much about it over the next couple of years. But I think it was in 2010, about three years later, I was on my way down to Rocky River Coffee on a Wednesday morning just to write and study. I remember clearly, it was a, it was a foggy, very foggy morning. I was driving down 49, and just as I entered into the city limits of Harrisburg, there's a sign there that says, welcome to Harrisburg. And I remember that the sun came out just about right at that moment. The fog started dissipating and, and it was like the spirit of God started hitting me and, and nudging me. In fact, so, so much so that I pulled off onto the side of the road. I grabbed my journal and I started writing stuff about Harrisburg, about CFA Church. I called Pastor Rick a few minutes later. I said, Pastor Rick, would it be okay if we continued to investigate this Harrisburg thing? He said, 
Sure. So we went through the same process, knocked on doors, looked for property, looked for available locations, checked out different avenues, and again, three years later, for whatever reason, the door closed. And you know, Pastor Rick was still right, that good things in our heart don't always equal God's time, but there is always God's time. been at CFA my whole life, but this year was extra special. As you guys know, at the beginning of this year, we gave God our yes. Well, about halfway through the 21 days of prayer, I had a dream. The next day, I got up and it explained the dream to my friend David Dukeson, and in that moment, God spoke. For the next 20 minutes, I was sobbing, just in awe of what God had said, so I decided to come home and talk to Crystal about it. When Wesley came home and told me about this dream, we decided to pray about it separately. What would this mean for our family and for our church? And we came together and we decided that God was calling us to plant a church in Harrisburg. So the next day I went into Pastor Doug's office and had no clue that this had been a part of CFA's history. And we agreed in that moment that this was God's timing and this was God's plan. We've continued to see God open doors as we've begun connecting to the community of Harrisburg and have an extra special relationship with Harrisburg Elementary School. And we are just so excited for the future. Church, we are going to continue to give God our yes in our excitement for the future of Harrisburg, North Carolina. Come on, can somebody give God some praise? I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for a God who's not limited by a pandemic. I'm grateful that we serve a God that when the world retreats, our God is multiplying his kingdom forward. I am grateful for a God that when chaos breaks out, the cross still stands. The cross still stands. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to go ahead and apologize because this is so many emotions right now that I'm going through it. Me and my wife have been walking through it. At the beginning of this year, we gave God our yes. Through the 21 days of prayer, we knew that that yes would take us into something that was uncomfortable because a life without walls is uncomfortable. God doesn't call us to live in a life of comfort because comfort creates complacency. And too many people in the kingdom of God have become complacent in their faith and lived in that world of, is it possible? And if it's not possible, then I'm gonna build walls that are gonna give me comfort so that way I live in a land of possible to live a life without walls you have to take down those walls of comfort that we have built ourselves see a lot of us think that the enemy has built all the walls that are keeping us from stepping into who God has called us to be but some of those walls the walls of comfort we've built ourselves I was reading a story about some flightless birds in New Zealand, and, and I don't know why I was reading it. It was just one of those things that was on there scrolling through, because when you hear flightless birds in New Zealand, you ask, Pastor Wes, how in the world is this story even remotely interesting? But I promise you it is. So the, these birds were f uh, flying around, and they found this island that was surrounded by water. And at one point, the majority of these birds weren't actually flightless. So they found this beautiful island that they flew down to and they parked there and they decided to, to have their families grow there and they lived on this island and it was beautiful. And what made it even better is there was no predators. There was nobody that was trying to come after them and to eat them and their families. So those birds who could fly stopped flying. 
they became comfortable on the island and as they stopped flying, they stopped teaching their kids to fly. So generation after generation, less of the birds knew how to fly. And now all of those birds that could fly at one point now can't because they continued to be comfortable on an island. They continued to sit in one place, not worried about predators, not worried about anything that, that could harm them on the outside. And because they were so comfortable, they now don't live in the potential that they were created for. How many people in the church have become so comfortable in their faith that, I, oh, I can't speak in public, so I'm not going to go tell people about Jesus. So that's just not going to be part of my relationship. I'm not really good with my words, so I'm not going to step out and evangelize. I'm going to have a relationship with Jesus in my heart, in my own personal relationship, and I'm going to go to church. But when God calls me to speak to somebody at Food Lion, I'm going to retreat because it's not comfortable. Listen, a life with God is a life without walls, and a life without walls isn't comfortable. See, why I believe this is so important for so many people today is you've limited yourself to what's possible. You've limited yourself to what's possible. Okay, I'm going to calculate it. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm an OCD person. My wife makes fun of me for all the time because everything has to be in its place. Everything has to be calculated um, before I step into it. If your spouse is like that, give them a, a nudge right there and say, that's for you. That's for you, honey. I have to calculate everything and make sure it's possible before I step in and I do something about it. But listen, you serve a God who laughs at possible. You serve a God who laughs at possible. Because I don't know if you've read the scripture recently, but a whole lot of these things that happen in the Bible, you and I would say weren't possible. Jesus rode from the grave. That's not possible. Jesus healed the sick. That's not possible. Listen, you serve a God who laughs at possible. But listen, does, he doesn't just do the impossible himself. He calls you to step in and to be the vessel that steps in and does the impossible on his behalf right now. Listen, while the, the, the enemy is trying to make the church retreat, He's trying to make the church hide right now. He's trying to throw so much division, not just in the world, but in the church right now in this moment. And listen, some of us may say the enemy's winning, but I look at it as an opportunity for God to do something else that seems impossible. Because a life without walls isn't about the possible. Have you given God your yes? Because a life of yes doesn't need walls. Come on, somebody give, give God some praise real quick. Doesn't need walls. I'm going to ask Crystal to come on up and join us on, on stage. Isn't that, isn't that just like God? No, like, like for real. Who, who plants a church during a, during a global pandemic? Who does that? I would have done it back in 2007 or back in 2010. Like if I was, if I had the timetable, but isn't it just like God to raise up a son and daughter of the house? And I want to honor you, Wes and Crystal, because I see that in you. This is, this isn't a moment. This is a life. 
You have lived your life of faith. You have lived a selfless life. I honor you for loving people like crazy. You love people when it's easy and you love people when it's difficult. I honor you because you see past walls and you see potential in people when they didn't see potential in themselves and you call it out of them. I honor you because you are never satisfied with who's just in the house but who's yet to be in the house. You are a Evangelist. That is who you are, and you will evangelize Harrisburg. 62 years ago, Pastor Tom crawled out from underneath a grand piano with a mandate to a geographical location. Go plant a church in Concord. It'll be the largest church in the county. I honor you because you have that same calling and that same mandate to a geographical location. And the Lord is going to use you to build a kingdom. Come on, can we just honor the man and woman of God and can we give God praise because he's doing things that are impossible. He's doing things. God's doing things. And when God does things, he doesn't do it just through an individual or through a couple, but he's already rallying a team. I'm going to believe that we're going to launch this thing with at least 200 people. It's going to grow to be over 1,000, but we're going to launch it. We're going to launch it with at least 200 people. There may be people you're listening to me, you're watching online. You have a Harrisburg zip code. You're saying it's about time. I don't go up to Concord for anything except to come to church. Well, now you can reach your neighbors in your community. There are some of you that are leaders with Pastor Wes and Crystal, and God is tugging at your heart. And there, yes, see, what happens is that when one person says yes to God, it starts, it starts overflowing. It starts multiplying. It starts becoming contagious. And we're going to ask that you text. You can text your first and last name to 704-312-2218. Go ahead and do it now. Go ahead and do it now. You're not signing your life away, but here's what, here's what you're saying. I am interested. I'm interested in either attending or serving. I'm interested in either attending or serving. They'll follow up. They'll let you guys know we're going to have an interest meeting. And we're looking right now, we're targeting January of uh, 2021 to launch Multiply Church Harrisburg. Would you extend your hands towards Pastor Wes and Crystal? Come on, those of you that are joining online, would you extend your hands? Father, this anointing that has been in them in the name of Jesus. It's a generational anointing, God. That is a spiritual, uh, passed on from the spiritual fathers and mothers, but it is also passed on from the natural fathers and mothers and the natural grandparents. And so, Father, I honor what you are doing in them. I honor the anointing of God that is within them. I honor the preaching anointing that is within them, that they will speak. I honor the favor of God that is already finding great favor in Harrisburg. And we believe in the name of Jesus that the same spirit of God that is working in their yes is working in unbelievers' hearts. We're not planting a church to get more church people. We're planting a church because there are people who are walking around and they're not awake, who are going through the motions and they're not alive in the Harrisburg and greater Charlotte area, and I see the Spirit of God awakening them even now.
in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time, celebrate what God is doing through this amazing couple. Why, why are we doing this? Because it's who we are. It's who we are. It's who we've, it's who we've always been. Happy, Father, happy Father's Day, y'all. Happy Father's Day, Pastor Tom. Happy 62nd anniversary, Pastor Tom and Betty. Happy 62nd anniversary, CFA Church. Happy 62nd anniversary. Why are we planning another church in Harrisburg? Because that's what we've done for 62 years. It's to say not on our watch. People aren't going to hell on our watch without a chance to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I was, I was digging through some old, uh, some old files, some old steer, steering committee minutes before it was, was the board steering committee minutes from, from 1988 and 1989. I can't find them before that. I don't know what y'all did before then, but um, <laughs> somebody's got the records. If you got the records there, let me, let me know. But... I was reading 1988 and 1989. You know, you know what's crazy, Pastor Steve, Pastor Wes? You know what's crazy, Pastor, Pastor Gwen? I noticed a couple of things. There were always challenges, <laughs> right? I don't know. I am, the, I am the worst nostalgia person in the world. Nothing bad ever happened in the past. Like in my rearview mirror, it's all sunshine and roses, and like I only see, like I forget, I forget that. Oh yeah, that was a that was a tough time. And so it's good for me to have perspective of like, hey, there were some, there were some challenges, there were some financial challenges. But you know what I noticed as I'm reading through '88 and '89, and '89 left on a cliffhanger. So now I got to go into 1990. I'm like, what? What happened? What's going on here? Um, but, but the challenges, the challenges were never about maintenance mode. The challenges were always. We're growing, we're expanding, we're going to reach one more because that's what a church without walls does. A church without walls says we're always going to reach one more. How many locations are enough? I don't know until everybody is saved. A church without walls is always looking to reach one more. So in 1989, as the educational, in 88 and 89, as the educational center is just being finished up. Can you imagine millions of dollars of project reaching hundreds of people? They're not just talking about the educational center. Already there's more vision for the future. They're talking about buying vans and, and, and buying ball fields and, and buying more houses and putting a third story on the living center. Like, like can the history of what we're involved in as a board is a, is a church that is always thinking, what's next? What's the vision? What more? Who can we, who can we reach? And I'm so thankful that that's not only our heritage, but that's our future. That's our future. Come on, people of God. Can you believe that? That's our future. That's our future. That's our future. 
So how can we live without walls? We can live without walls because of verse 5. Pastor, that sounds planting planting another campus during a pandemic. That sounds risky because we don't know the future. we We never know the future, but God does. Our time is not always God's time. I got a whole, I got a whole page. I can't, this was just the first one that I can share with you. I've got a whole page in my journal that I just wrote COVID miracles at the top of the page. And it's things that it's like, God, this would be awesome anytime, but during this season, this is amazing. It's God's time. It's God's time. How can we be confident to move forward? Because of verse five. So God says, and I see a city in Jerusalem will be a city without walls. Watch now the promise of God. God says, and I will be to her a wall of fire all around, declares the Lord. And I will be the glory in her midst. See, when you choose to live a life without walls, it fans the flame of the fire of God and God gets the glory. That's what happens. We can live, you can live without walls because the goal was never been about protecting what you have, but always about multiplying what you have. That's the God that we serve. If you want to if you want to just join in and say with me today, watching online at another location in the house, pastor, that's me. I'm not asking you to commit to Harrisburg. I'm asking you just to commit to Jesus and say that's what that's the kind of life I want to live. Pastor, I want to live with a heart without walls. I want to live a life without walls. I want to live and be a part of a church without walls. Come on, if that's you, would you just stand right where you're at and say yes to Jesus one more time for the next 62 years on this 62nd anniversary. Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, just lift a hand to heaven. Just lift a hand to heaven right now in the name of Jesus. I bless you with the multiplied DNA that our church was founded on. I bless your heart heart to love people that nobody else will love. I bless your life to be a life of adventure and risk for the kingdom of God. And I bless this church going forward that we will be a church that lives without walls. And God, I ask that you would be the fire that surrounds us and that you would be the glory in our midst. In the name of Jesus, come on, if you believe that, give God one more hand clap of praise.